Don't turn it off now. You need this stuff. Tampa Bay's Tantalk Radio Network. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey guys, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio Cars, and you know I dig stuff out of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a shop in town specializing in vintage, retro, mid-century collectibles. Everything from toys, games, pinball machines, video games, fashion items, TV lunch boxes, slot cars, models, and more. Bobby, what's the name of that store? The, the cool, cool Shop. Shop. Yes, located at 9265 Seminole Boulevard in Seminole, Florida. Give them a shout, 727-201-9489. TheCoolShop.com. The you may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. The end of the road. Since the first cars rolled off Henry Ford's assembly line, Americans have loved their automobile. But when love dies, it ends up here. The Automobile Salvage Yard. In the U.S., nearly 11 million cars are retired each year, enough to fill a four-lane highway from New York to Los Angeles. Yet it's rare to see even one vehicle abandoned on the side of the road. That's because every car has life left in it, if you know where to look. They are modern-day assembly lines in reverse. In a traditional auto wrecking yard, workers dismantle and meticulously catalog every piece. Body panels are stacked, engines pulled, and electronics are gutted from the wrecked heap. The goal is to remove everything that can be resold, and this has been going on for nearly as long as there have been cars on the road. A gentleman named Johnny Carter down in Houston claims to be the first automotive dismantler in the United States. Uh, they started somewhere in the 1910-1915 era, as I recall. Generally, it started on the edge of every city, on the cheaper ground, where people would get a hold of abandoned cars and start selling some parts off them. We got our first cutting torch in about 1940. I was just a kid, but I remember when they came, they were demonstrating it, how to use it. Uh, prior to that, we used cold cut and hammer and sledge. And I think that's where the name Auto Wrecker probably came into being, because we were wrecking them with chisels and hammers. Then the first cutting torch came in, then we could start cutting the cars up into pieces. One tool used since the early days was the car crusher. The salvage yard dismantles or wrecks the car to separate the different types of metal. The gutted vehicle is unceremoniously dropped into the compactor. It's crushed between 12 and 14 inches high as the roof slowly lowers on its helpless victim. When the process is finished, another car is added. Up to four will be smashed into one block of metal. The crushed car bodies are loaded onto flatbed trucks for shipping. For these cars, this truly is the end of the road. Their final destination is a scrapyard mill, where they'll be ground into pieces small enough to fit in your hand. But from there, the metal may turn up in any number of new products, even new automobiles, which means one of these cars, in some small way, may find itself back on the road. Wayne Carini from Chasing Classic Cars, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google. That's it. Run, run, run. We need to have a sound effect there, just like an engine running. Run your computers and Google Tent Talk, 1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios. 
And uh, don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com, and go to the archives page, Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you can listen to all our past shows that we've done in the last six and a half years. And May it will be seven years. Huge celebration, ladies and gentlemen. And, Bobby, good afternoon. As we do every year, yes. Yes, we do every year. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, one by one by one. But at any rate, uh, would you like to have the do the social media honors? Yes, that is right. We are on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, at Nostalgic Radio and Cars, at NRC on Air, and now on Instagram, at Gulfstream Motorsports. That's right. And today we picked up our another our, another batch of our, our new business cards, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. And we now have the, what is it called, an Instagram logo thingy on the back? Yes, we have an Instagram logo just... Uh, uh, just like how um, if you've ever seen the Nostalgic Radio and Cars card, it has all the other stuff. Yeah, so we have a QR code on there. We have a uh, Facebook little insignia thing on there, right? And yep. then uh, the Instagram. And then, of course, on the Nostalgic Radio and Cars business card, we have Facebook, Instagram. No, we don't have an Instagram. We have Twitter, Facebook, and what else? YouTube and LinkedIn. YouTube and LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Okay, there we go. All right, hey, and boy. And free, free pens from Bay City Signs. And free pens from our good friends over there at Bay City Signs. Uh, that's, print- free, that's our pens. <laughs> our, our pens. Okay, but but if you want, you can come by and get what, get a free pen from Bay City Signs and Printing, and you give them a call over there at 813-866-4440. Ask for Teresa, because they do a really, really good job. And online uh, at baycityprints.com. Yeah, right. Okay, and uh, they do a great job on uh, pens, and we got our shirts today, too. So we're all dressed for the occasion, because this weekend, this weekend is the biggest event in the state of Florida, and that is the Amelia Island Collector Car Week. Yes, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, car fans, race fans, sports car, everybody that has something to do with motoring sports will be there. The motoring who's who. sports. There Pardon me? Motoring sports? Motoring sports, that's or it, motor yeah. Sports. Motor sports. that What's too. What's it say on my shirt? Motor sports. Motor sports, <laughs> that's right. Gulfstream motor sports. But at any rate, uh, yeah, because... Uh, this is the biggest event in the eastern seaboard. Actually, it's probably one of the biggest events in the country. And, uh, well, I, I don't know. It's hard to say because, you know, Pebble Beach, uh, Monterey. Monterey has the real estate. That's the deal. It's got all the real estate. It's got plenty of room, even though it's jam-packed full of fun stuff. Amelia Island is Florida. And since we're Floridians now, ooh, did I say that? Don't make me come up. I'm sorry. i got to call you back. Yeah, because, you know, I, I come from California. And no, I'm I can always, say it. Yeah, you can say it. Yeah, because you're a native Floridian. You're born right here at Morton Plant Hospital. So at any rate, but at Amelia Island, it's going to be fantastic. A, there's five auctions going on, for one. So that's a lot of action right there. You've got Hollywood Wheels. You've got Bonhams. You've got Goodings. You've got Motostalgia. And then you have RM, in that order, I might add. And uh, in order of significance. Then, then, the big event this year is the new edition is the Porsche Works reunion. Okay, now in California, they had what started out as a Legends of the Autobahn, which was all German cars, Porsches, Mercedes, BMW, Audi, DKWs, you know, Wanders, uh, Horse, you know, anything like that, Maybachs, all those really cool cars, and uh, Steuerpuchs and all them, you know, even Austrian cars. And then Porsche just kind of muscled its way in there and pretty much uh, bumped those guys out, so now it's become the Porsche Works reunion. Now it's Second year in, in Monterey, the first year they had like six, 700 cars. This year they had over 1,000 cars and something like seven or 8,000 people, you know, because it's an open event. I mean, you ha- you just bring your car, you show up, you're a car guy, you're a Porsche guy, and that's all it takes. That's a, you, you got a Porsche, you have carte blanche. And um, so that's how that works. So whether you're a 356 registry member, a Porsche club member, a PCA member, a, a Porsche owner's club member, whatever, it doesn't matter, you know. Even an enthusiast, you don't even have to own a Porsche. You can have a cap that has a Porsche logo on it, and you're cool. So that is taking place for the first year. This is the inaugural Porsche Works reunion. Oh, I guess it's time for a a movie. No, a cue for a song. Now, here's a Graham Nash song, which came out in the early 70s. It's called Chicago. So, hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. We have a special guest for you this evening. How can such a thing be fair? Won't you please come to Chicago for the help that we can bring? Sit yourselves down, there's nothing for you here Won't you please 
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey guys, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio Cars, and you know I dig stuff out of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a shop in town specializing in vintage, retro, mid-century collectibles. Everything from toys, games, pinball machines, video games, fashion items, TV lunch boxes, slot cars, models, and more. Bobby, what's the name of that store? The, the Cool shop. shop. Yes, located at 9265 Seminole Boulevard in Seminole, Florida. Give them a shout, 727-201-9489. TheCoolShop.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Frustrated looking for car shows? Want the latest in automotive news? How about videos and podcasts? Well, check out Speed Culture, the comprehensive automotive app now available on Google Play and the App Store. Speed Culture brings you motorsports event listings based on your current location. Speed Culture also brings you the latest news feeds, videos, podcasts, and more. Speed Culture, the automotive enthusiast mobile app. For more information, check out speedcultureapp.com and download it today. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Okay, we're back, and you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And uh, hey, you know what? Uh, we're, we were talking about Amelia Island Collector Car Week, but you know what? I forgot to bring up too, Bobby. You know, this is a show that you and I used to go to all the time when you were a little kid, and it's the Wrecker Show in Orlando. And the reason the I just brought Florida that up, Toe Show, the yes. Florida Toe Show. The reason I brought that up because a friend of mine just texted me. He goes, "Hey, Robert, you know anybody got a flatbed truck for sale?" And I, I roll back, and I text him back. I said, yeah, you can go to Orlando Wrecker Show next month, Hang April. On so second. It's, so the shameless plug is on its way. Right the now. shameless plug is on its way for April 20th through the 23rd up in Orlando. Yeah, that's right. That's what it is. Anyway, anyway, so back to Amelia Island. Okay, so cruising at the Capitol, right? Can oh, yeah, cruising at the Capitol. When's that, Bobby? That's one of our favorite car shows because that's yes. right here in our own backyard downtown. One Big shout-out to Brianna, right? She's over there kind of running this thing on her own now. And uh, unfortunately, we're going to be... At Festivals of Speed at the Mission Inn, and that is the next couple of weeks. You get the NHRA Gator Nationals. That's a couple of weeks. We're going to that. We got the 12 hour Sebring. In fact, we have a very special guest coming on from uh, Sebring coming up. One of the Taylor brothers, actually, both of them probably. They're right. They run, they drove the Corvette, the winning Corvette. No, excuse me, the winning Cadillac at the 24 hour race with Jeff Gordon. I mean, just get some cool stuff. And then we may have Leah Pritchard coming on, and she is out there running top fuel. Funny car with uh, against uh, Alexis DeJoy, who was on our, our show last year, and uh, so we got some really cool people coming on our show here. We're really looking forward to it. So again, it is March twenty sixth, cruising at the Capitol downtown Clearwater. Yes, don't forget to put that on your calendar. Okay, so here's what's going on. So we got the Porsche Works reunion going on in Amelia Island, and then we have Festival Speed on Saturday. The auction that yours truly will be working, and then I, please go ahead and check out the website, HollywoodWheels.com. Big shout out to all my friends up there at Hollywood Wheels, especially Kelly. Kelly, this goes out to you, sweetheart. And uh, hopefully she's listening. And uh, Flo, Mama Flo. And uh, hey, yeah, Mike, uh, I didn't forget you either. And of course, Hook. Hook blew past me on the, I'm going to say this. Hook blew past me on I-75 yesterday, driving a 2006 606 horsepower Maybach. I'll just say he passed me. And I wasn't, and it, I thought I was standing still, and I was doing seventy. Okay, is that that's 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 okay. But anyway, so here's this Maybach rolling down the the autobahn or the American autobahn. I mean, that, what a what a graceful looking car. That's pretty cool. That's one of the cars that'll be at the uh, Amelia Island uh, Hollywood Wheels Amelia Island Select. Of course, on Friday we have the Amelia Island 
Auto Retro All Porsche Auction. And yes, yours truly. Not only did I write most of the description, but I will be the reader again this year. So that is scheduled. You, supposedly you can bank on that. And then, of course, this all leads up to, oh, yeah, then they have the Chill Lounge. So go check out the website. This is kind of like some really cool little uh, ticketed type of event, some kind of fancy schmancy lifestyle, lifestyle type thing. And I don't know what else to say. You know I me, mean? hey, look, I'm just a casual, casual, casual average kind of guy. So, you know, it's Chill Lounge is kind of like a real trendy thing. They're going to have a fashion show. They're going to have music. They're going to have wine, food, drink, all kinds of stuff. Sign and, up for the mailing list, I would say. Yeah, sign up for the mail, mailing, list. mailing list. And you will know everything, everything there is going to on. know about yeah. Yeah. Chill Lounge. Yeah. And everything else. Chill Lounge. That's pretty cool. And then, of course, uh, let's see. I mentioned all the auctions. And then, of course, Sunday. Sunday is the big day because that is, that's Bill Warner's Day. It should be Bill Warner's Island. They should just change it from Amelia Island to Bill Warner's Na- Island. National holiday, Bill Warner Day. Bill Warner Day. That's right. It's, yeah, Bill Warner's national holiday and because he is the founder. Now, we're going into the 21st year of the Amelia Island Concourse Delegon. And nobody, and I mean this sincerely, nobody puts on a concourse like Bill Warner. He has truly been innovative. He's got the most amazing selection of cars. It's very eclectic. The the whole presentation, the whole layout, the way they do the awards, the what everything about the Amelia Island concourse is by far supersedes anything else on the continental USA, because I've never been to Europe, so I can't compare it. But uh, anything that's been going on in the United States, uh, Bill Warner's Amelia Island Concourse Delegons at Amelia uh, Island is by far the best. So you definitely need to put that on your bucket list. In fact, the four things that need to be on your bucket list, again, one more time, ladies and gentlemen, Scottsdale, Arizona, Amelia Island, Monterey, and SEMA. And I know my listeners hear me say this all the time. In fact, there's been a few, there's probably a few listeners tonight that have been to those events and maybe even been to some of those events with me. So maybe even the record show. I think they went to the record show with us too, Bobby. So um, uh, I think that's been our... Yeah, that's, offer, but yeah, we yeah. Well, we're, actually, we're, we missed the last couple. We're years encouraging uh, people to drag us up there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, we need to go up there and run our rollback up there. But at any rate, okay. So again, like I said, the NHRA races, Gator Nationals coming up, Sebring's coming up. Uh, what else? There's a bunch of stuff coming up. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a full plate, and obviously, you know, check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Hey, don't forget to check out Speed Culture once in a while. You know, those guys got their act together a little bit. They need to do more vintage stuff. Hint, hint. Whoever's listening. Tied in with speed culture because, you know, the tuner stuff's okay and the late model stuff's okay. But there are a bunch of us old farts that still like, that still have flip phones, believe it or not. I don't know if it works on a flip phone. But anyway, so that's just my take on it. Oh, yeah. A lot of us still have Android phones, not Apples. By the way, I am proud to say that my new little Google phone works pretty doggone good. Works every bit as good as an Apple. And the picture quality is excellent. The, the Pixel L- XL is a very fluid quality phone. Yeah, I think Google should sit there and pay us for giving them a plug. Bobby, I think you need to go ahead and get our guest on the phone here in a few minutes. I think you get another minute or two. And uh, what else was I going to say? I can't say enough about um, about a minute or two. Yeah, you got it. And then uh, so we got um, a gentleman coming on that's uh, very well known in the automotive collector car world. And uh, he's actually been very instrumental in saving, preserving some very, very rare Autorama cars, okay, or Motorama, I should say. And uh, is it Autorama or Motorama? I always get them mixed up. One of them is in Detroit, and actually they're probably both in Detroit. But basically what they are is one's a car show that has a lot of really cool cars, and the other one is the show that they used to do back in the 50s and 60s. I don't think they do it. I think now they have the, like the Detroit Auto Show. But in the old days when they used to have the very futuristic concept cars, and if you really think about that, those are that was some amazing stuff back then because it's kind of like the, the analogy, if you want, if, if I, the way I would use it is, like, I'm a big, huge fan of Trans Am racing and Can-Am, because Can-Am, basically, there were no rules. Well, back in the day when we had these stylists, like the Bill Mitchells and the Virgil Exners and people like that, those guys, and, the, and Gregory from Ford Lincoln Mercury, those guys basically could draw whatever they want. They it, That's why they called them concept cars. They were exercises in building and designing the most creative, futuristic uh, jet age vehicles that you could possibly come up with, and they would put them on display, and basically for everybody to see, and you know, you the, the manufacturer would get feedback, and that's how they would kind of yeah. Do, how about that? 
Yeah, they would, that would kind of help them determine as to how to incorporate styling in their production cars. And, you know, that's why that is so immensely important. It's kind of like what I was saying about Can-Am racing and Trans-Am racing. You know, there was no rules. So that way everybody could be innovative. When you put rules on people, you know, restrictions on people, it limits their ability. It limits their creativity, you know, and everybody thinks a little bit differently. There's guys like myself that are very functional and mechanical and I should say, you know, kind of more pragmatic. And then you have people that are extremely creative that come up with some really wild, mind-blowing stuff that is just absolutely incredible. And I, and I would have never thought about that. So, you know, basically thinking with the left side of the brain or a good balance of the left and the right, rather than a specific, you know, the right side or the left side. So, Bobby, we got our guests on the line? Okay. Hey, I think we're going to go uh, set up for this. We've got a little clip we're going to play and a little music we're going to play. And then we'll be right back with our special guest for the evening. In the meantime, everybody, stay tuned. You're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. of tomorrow. This is the mood of the Motorama, a promise made explicit by customized cars such as this Chevrolet Corvette. These cars embody principles of design and engineering that foretell future motoring. Pontiac's La Parisienne, a modernized version of the traditional Landau. Oldsmobile Starfire. In its body, steel gives way to glass reinforced plastic. Buick's XP300, an experimental laboratory on wheels. Cadillac's Le Mans. A racy convertible, 51 inches from top to road. The Sabre, supreme promise of more and better things for more people in the world of tomorrow. Dennis Gage from the TV show My Classic Car, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. This gentleman is well known in the collector car world. He's an entrepreneur, he's an author, he's done some photography, he's an appraiser, he's a dealer, and he's a friend of mine. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening Joe Bortz, live from Chicago. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing great. I heard that introduction there for the, for the GM Motorama, and they mentioned the Parisian. Of course, that car is in our collection. 
And the reason I thought I'd bring it up uh, right away while it was still on my mind <laughs> is that uh, I got that car back in, oh, probably the middle 80s. And it is a, really, they call it, they call it in there, that little bit they call it a uh, landolette or something, whatever. But it's really a two-door town car. And, of course, a two-door town car is very impressive because, you know, the passengers who are supposed to be getting chauffeured have to crawl in through the front seat and uh, or, through, or behind the front seat. And the definition of a town car is that the chauffeur's compartment is open. And so that is a, makes a two-door town car because there's no roof over the chauffeur. But when we got that car, uh, Dave Holes, who was the vice president of design at the time at General Motors, asked me if I got the plastic transparent roof that did cover the chauffeur's compartment. And I said, no, I didn't. And I said, I never saw any pictures of, uh, you know, factory pictures where there was one. He says, yeah, they made one, but it was going to look like Ford's, you know, uh, uh, Sunliner, sun yeah. Yeah, the, the Sunliners. And um, they didn't want to have that image, so they never displayed it. I said, well, I never got it. But he drew me a sketch of it, and I had it for, well, from the middle 80s all the way till last year when I finally decided to commission somebody to make it. And it came out exactly like Dave's sketch, and uh, we're sending pictures out to various magazines. But we're very proud of it because it finally makes the car what I call 100% complete. But uh, that's just a little footnote that kind of came up while I was listening to that little introduction. So, but, um, anyhow, we can talk about a lot of things. I don't know what is on your mind. Well, tell us a little bit about, uh, I mean, I, you know, I'm a junkyard guy. So the story about Warhoop and how you found these cars to this day still fascinates me. Can you share some of that with us? Well, what happened was, you know, back in the earlier 80s, um, we found our first concept car, and then we found another one. So we were probably having about five or six concept cars in the collection. And Automobile Quarterly at that time, which is no longer being published, uh, published a five or six or seven page article with the pictures by Roy Quarry, who was one heck of a great photographer. You know, he's at the time he, he was the photographer uh, for Automobile Quarterly. Uh, and I was showing the article to my son and there was a sidebar and the sidebar read, um, there's been a persistent rumor that there are some concept cars at the War Hoops junkyard in I think it was Sterling, Michigan, or it was a, pretty close to the GM, uh, you know, site there. And um, people have tried to get in to see these cars, and helicopters have flown over the the junkyard, but nobody's been able to see these cars. And uh, my son said, "Geez, Dad, look at hey, you know, there's concept cars here." And of course, I said to him, "Mark, don't be a sucker. If there was concept cars there." They'd be long gone. I've been hearing about that rumor for years. And then Mark said, well, I'm going to call him up and, and, and see. I said, well, go knock yourself out. You know what I mean? Like, you know. So he picks up the phone, and he asks for information. Information gives him a phone number. And he dials it up, and he starts talking to somebody. He said, Dad, the guy wants to talk to you. So I get on the phone, and the guy says, my name's Harry Warholic. Is this Joe Bortz? And I said, yeah, it is. He said, okay. He said, I've been wanting to talk to you. I got some stuff here I want you to come and see. Well, he didn't say that's it. I said, I'll be on a plane tomorrow morning. Got on a plane, went out there, flew there, walked into the junkyard. I mean, it was a down and dirty junkyard. You, know, you walk in the front, and it's all kind of like in disarray. In the back, it was all kind of muddy and, you know, all that. And he takes me out in the back, and he shows me the 1956 Cadillac Eldorado Brome Town Car. And I, as best I recall, there was a tree growing out from underneath the hood that was about eight inches in diameter, and that particular car never had an engine put in it. 
And we start talking, and, you know, there was like a bell on the front door, so if somebody walked in, it would put a sound of buzzer in the back, you know, junkyard, so if somebody wasn't in the front office, they'd run up there to see who came in. So he was running back and forth between the junkyard where I was there. We're looking at this Cadillac Eldorado Broman. Um, and he'd go to the front uh, door, and I'd start wandering around on my own. And he had guys that were working there, and they were, you know, kind of covered with soot and dirt from, from the job. And I'd say, uh, hey, well, anything else around here? Or what? No, sir, we don't know nothing. There's nothing else here, you know, just, you know. Uh, we we just work here, and, uh, you know. And then he come back out, and <clears throat> finally, you know, I said, "Well, I got to catch my plane back. How much do you want for this car?" And he said, uh, "You call me tomorrow morning. I'll give you a price." You know, I learned a long time ago when you're dealing with old cadgers, you kind of go along with whatever they tell you because if you don't. They get mad at you and tell you just get the hell out of here. You know, <laughs> and I've had that. I had that happen to me multiple times when I was a lot younger, and I learned my lesson. You know, whatever they say. Oh yes, okay, well, I'll call you tomorrow instead of pressing them for a price like that. So I flew back to Chicago the following morning. I call him up and I said, "Okay, here I'm here now. Tell me the price." And he tells me the price, and I go. You know, I have been known to pay too much for these concept cars because everybody knows I like them and love them. But that's too much, too much. I, I can't do that. And he goes, that's too much for four concept cars? And I go, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you showed me one concept car. I asked you if there was any more. You said, no, you're just looking at it. I asked your other guys in the junkyard. They kind of told me there wasn't anything else. Now, all of a sudden, there's four. How, what are you talking about? He said, oh, it uh, slipped my mind. I forgot to show you the other three. <laughs> you know, he was just playing me, you know. And I said, okay, I'll uh, be on a plate again tomorrow morning. I flew out there, and there was the this cane that was all sawed up in pieces. And there was the LaSalle 1955 Harley uh, Earl LaSalle Roadster that was sawed in pieces. And there was the LaSalle sedan that was not sawed in pieces along with the Eldorado Brome Town Car, which was not sawed in pieces. So now, all of a sudden, the price was pretty right. You know, four cars, not one. And we ended up, you know, buying it for the collection. And then we had to go pick them up. And I remember when we went to go pick them up, there were parts that had literally fallen off the car, had fallen on the ground, and then from the rain and all that, the snow over the decades, because these cars were put in there in 1958. This is 1988, I think, so it's 30 years later. The pieces literally started to melt into the ground. So we were there with little shovels and scoops digging up the ground to find missing pieces and trim, chrome trim and letters and stuff like that. And I remember when... Uh, Auto Week did an article on it. They anointed me with the title Automotive Archaeologist. So I always liked that title. And uh, so we went and we picked up the cars and uh, we brought them back. And uh, my really good friend, Roy Warshawski's from Warshawski's catalog, he leaned on me real hard and I gave him the, the Eldorado Brome town car. And he was a, a collector of town cars and uh we proceeded to kind of glue together the LaSalle Roadster and those the uh, Chevy Biscayne 1955 Chevy Biscayne four-door sedan which was the showcase for the 1955 V8 Chevrolet engine that's where they showcased the engine in this concept car and, you know, uh, we finally got the the Biscayne all put together, and we had to find pictures from General Motors because the chassis was gone. They had given the chassis away from underneath the car and cut up the car. And we got to restore the, so far, the LaSalle Roadster and the Chevy Biscayne, and we still have the uh, LaSalle, 1955 LaSalle four-door sedan, which is a, these are all fiberglass cars. We still have that one on restored. And the Brome Town car got away from me because Roy Roshevsky got sick and, he, and they sold the business when he had a severe stroke 
and the car was registered in the business, the Eldorado Brome Town Car. He put it in the title and the name of his business, and the car got away from me. But that's okay. It eventually got to a guy that restored it, did a very nice job. So that's kind of the story of it right now as we speak. The 1955 Chevrolet Biscayne is on display at the new and, and new and fabulous Peterson Museum in Los Angeles. And it's one of the highlights there for the museum, which is what they did with that museum. It's the number one museum in the world, without question. So that's the kind of the nutshell of the Biscayne story, and uh, it's uh, it's a true true you know, find in the junkyard that I think you'd have to go a long way to top it. You know, it's, you know, four concept cars in one place and you get to buy them all. So we were, we were lucky. We were lucky. Were those, now were all the cars, all the concept cars fiberglass or were, cause when you say sawed in half, I'm thinking, okay, I can envision. They're all, they're all, uh, I would say that General Motors, the medium of the day, became fiberglass in the very early 50s. And we can talk about fiberglass cars that were kit cars that were made during that period that came before the Corvette. And, of course, the Kaiser Darren came as a fiberglass car before the Corvette, only beat it by months, but it was still the first one in the marketplace. But it was the medium of the day, yes. And all concept cars, you know, I, I'm going to say, not say all. I'd say, you know, 75% of General Motors concept cars were fiberglass in the early 50s. Uh, and the except, one of the exceptions is the 1953 Pontiac Parisian. That was a production car that was taken off the line as a convertible, as a 53 Pontiac convertible. And then it was sliced, diced, chopped, leaded, and turned into this um, town car. And it's, of course, a gorgeous, gorgeous piece. And, you know, the, the psychology of the American psyche after World War II was, you know, we won the war. You know, we, we were the ones that made the war get won. And so their attitude was, if you got it, flaunt it. And, of course, they were flaunting the, the, you know, they were flaunting the visual, which was the design, and they weren't really paying enough attention to the mechanical. And that's where, you know, eventually it caught up with them uh, by the end of the century there. Uh, you know, during the 60s, the Europeans came in with, single overhead cam, double overhead cam, fuel injection on, you know, production cars and all that. And, of course, that kind of eventually, you know, our cars were eventually considered kind of doggy, fuel inefficient and all that. While we were still having some gorgeous designs, we kind of lost track of the mechanical aspects. Are you more of a GM guy as opposed to Ford or Chrysler, or do you collect them all? Well... That's an interesting question. I would say that I was kind of adopted by General Motors because I was saving their history at no at my expense at the well at the, at the expense of the uh, of the collection. And the old timers there that were still there at the time of the eighties, they were kind of upset that General Motors had destroyed the greatest artwork of the greatest artisans of the time and they were totally delighted with the fact that I was saving it you know I was kind of like just the opposite of Ralph Nader the sense that you know they really didn't like him very much for what he did to the Corvair but they they certainly loved me uh you know for what I was doing with saving the history of General Motors uh and, you know, I would go to the tech center with Dave Holes, was kind of like the godfather of the Bortz Auto Collection with Leo Gephardt. And I'd walk through the halls. We'd be going up to the lunchroom there. and Literally, guys would come out of their offices and, you know, shake my hand in the hallway and say, thank you, Joe, thank you. And, you know, you felt like, you know, Elvis Presley or something. I mean, I was just, I was just another car collector, you know, 
getting his cookies off, enjoying what he was collecting, and here, you know, they're making a big deal out of it. Of course, you know, I, I wasn't going to stop it, but it was it was it was very satisfying to say the least, you know. And you know, eventually, I started to collect with the idea of collecting concept cars and giving up some of my classic cars uh, in order to do it, you know. But uh, so I kind of got into the step of the acceptance of being this kind of, if you want to call it, hero and saving these cars. So, yeah. And, of course, the, the collection now is matured and it's well known and it's been shown at every major car museum in the United States. And the Bortz Auto Collection, the concept cars, are the only cars that have been featured as a feature, not participants, but as a feature of Pebble Beach three times in the last 40 years. The last time was 2008, 100th anniversary of General Motors. But getting back to your question, uh, no, I mean, um, I don't think that I just favor General Motors. I think that Virgil Exner was a phenomenal guy. And uh, they had some great designs at Ford, great designs. As a matter of fact, they had, in recent times, they had uh, Jerry McGovern. Jerry McGovern is just an unbelievable designer who got fired, <laughs> interestingly enough, at Ford. And they brought him in around a little before the turn of the century, and they I think they fired him around 2003 and sent him back to... Uh, um, back to England with uh, the, uh, oh, you know, the uh, SUV company there. Uh, it's not coming to me. But anyhow, um, we ended up breaking the barrier of the 20th century concept cars, which were mostly 50s and 60s, and we ended up with the 2001 Lincoln Mark 9. And if you haven't seen it, you got to go into... Google put in, you know, Lincoln uh, 2001 Mark 9 and take a look at it. It's just to die for the design. I mean, it's big, it's bold. If Lincoln would have made that car, they would have had the biggest success on their hands. Then he went to Mercury. He designed the 2003 Mercury Messenger. It's a two-seater sports car, kind of in the framework of the Corvette Stingray you know, hardtop, mm-hmm. and it, but it's like a Corvette Stingray design, you know, kind of, on steroids. It's fabulous. And we ended up getting that, too. We were just darn lucky, and we ended up with those two cars. So we've kind of broken the barrier into the 21st century in our collection with these two cars as, you know, concept cars. So, um, you know, it's a... It's an evolving thing, I guess, for us, the way we're collecting uh, with the Bortz Auto Collection and how it relates to the concept cars. And, of course, you know, there was a period in the 70s and 80s where there were manufacturers weren't making concept cars. You know, there was the problems with gas shortage and all that. And, uh, you know, the focus wasn't on design anymore. It was on survival. And... So there weren't weren't concept cars being made, and then in the '90s, early '90s, and late '80s, the Japanese started coming out with concept cars, and younger people thought that they invented concept cars. You know, they didn't realize that there was concept cars that were precursors to those. So it's you know it's kind of an interesting study in history too. You know, so did but, you? Uh, did you? When did you? What, what era would you say you started collecting cars? And then my question. In, including in that would be, did you ever have the opportunity, were you ever around at the time, involved in this, when Harley Earl, Bill Mitchell, Virgil Exter, when those guys were out and about? I mean, did you ever have an opportunity to cross paths with any of these guys, or was that before or no, after your time? No, no, I mean, no, no, no. I was born in 41. Okay. So, you know, by the middle 50s, you know, or the early 50s, I was 12, 13, living in Chicago. And back then it was very safe to be out by yourself if you were you know, 10, 11, or 12, you know, nobody was shooting you or snatching you or anything. <laughs> and, and I would get on a streetcar and take a streetcar to Halstead and, you know, take Halstead to the International Amphitheater 
and I'd go to the car show with myself or my, my friends, and I would see these cars there. Uh-huh. And there was always a big crowd, so my dream was just to kind of worm my way up to uh, you know almost the front where I could get a good look at them. But the thought never, never, ever occurred to me that I could touch one. It never occurred to me that I could sit in one. It never occurred to me I could drive one. And certainly, you know, the thought that never would even vaguely, you know, or even in a dream, dream that I would own one, you know. So, you know, I guess, you know, from that point of view, I, I should and do consider myself extremely lucky in this lifetime, you know. But, uh, yeah, so that was as close as I got to, you know, Harley Earl, because I was only a kid then. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, of course, I was always a car collector. I mean, when I was, you know, maybe 10 years old, I used to tell my dad, look at that that Model A there. You know, people were driving them. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm 10. It's 1951. People were still driving cars that were 20 years old. And it was a mile away. I said, tell my dad, you know, those cars, you're not going to see them anymore. You should buy one and and save it. You know, you you don't know what you're talking about, you know. So I used to get the Chicago Tribune. This is before Hemmings and before anything. I'd be maybe 12 years old. And I'd go through the paper and I'd see like 1932 Nash convertible. And I would, so I'm 12 years old. And I, the ad would be there with a phone number. I would pick up the phone and I would lower my voice and say, I'm calling about your 1932 dash. So I could just hear about it. You know, <laughs> it, just, it just excited me. Cool. So, I mean, I was addicted from, you know, from a very young kid that I loved old cars. And my very first car, I was about, I don't know, maybe 17 years old or 18 years old. My dad had a 1960 Corvair four-door sedan, nothing special, and I found a 1928 Chevrolet Landau pad-a-top coupe, and it was like 40 miles from my dad's house. So me and my friend went out there, and I don't know, it was like you know $80 or something, and I bought it, and we tied a 25-foot rope onto the back of the Corvair. And we hauled it on the highway, <laughs> on the highway, 40 miles. I mean, today you'd be in jail for doing something <laughs> like that. You know, we, had, we took that car 40 miles on a rope. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but things are different. You know, things are different. You know, I, I went to put one of my grandchildren in, in my car, and I didn't have a car seat for the grandchild. My son went ballistic. You know, you can't take a, put a child in the front seat without a car seat. Besides, they got to be in the back seat. And I said, Mark, we used to go to Auburn, Indiana with you and your sister in the back seat with no seat belts, nothing. You know? <laughs> and that was in the Duesenberg. I said, what are you worried about? You know, we used to put the kids up on the back of a convertible and drive around at 15, 20 miles an hour sitting on the, on the, on the convertible top that was in the down position, you know. So, you know, today it's a, it's a different world, you know, which is fine. I respect it, you know. Tell us a little bit about the, and we got a few minutes left here, the Bortz car collection. Is that something that's open to the public, or is that just your private collection? No, 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 that just goes to museums. We don't have a building that's, okay. you know, with marble floors and oak walls. One thing I would like to bring to your attention sure. is that, you know, my hobby business is helping other collectors market their cars so they get all the money out of them. And what's happening, uh, you know, in a very busy time of the year, which surprises people, is right after New Year's all the way till about the beginning of April is really the busiest time when people start to sell their cars and people buy them because it's they're getting ready for the spring and the summer to have a car that's a new, different car, whatever. And so it's a normally it's a busy time, but because the weather has been so warm, like today, I think it was like over 60 degrees here in Chicago, where, you know, Today, the beginning of March, we usually get our last big snowstorms and really cold weather. It should be like minus 10 with, you know, three feet of snow. We haven't had snow, I think, in I don't know what it is, 60 days or something like that. So, you know, the, the, the car market has gone really ballistic. And the thing that's supercharging the whole thing is Mr. Trump. I mean, all of a sudden, everybody's got confidence that, you know, the business is going to be good and they can spend money. Stock market is breaking all kinds of records. 
And that same psychology is affecting the car market. And the buyers are out there buying. They figure the cars are going to go up. We're going to have inflation. And, you know, so it's been a very busy time. And we've been very busy with people calling us on the phone and asking for advice on marketing their cars and how they can, you know, get the most money out of the marketplace. So it's it's a, been a very interesting January, February, and beginning of March here. I mean, I haven't, I spend hours and hours on the phone talking to people and giving them, you know, my advice on what they should do with their cars and how to get it sorted out to market it to get the, all the money that they deserve out of the marketplace. Well, I think your new mantra should be, make American car collecting great again. How about that, Joe? You like that I one? like that. I, I, like think, that. I, yeah, I, 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 just, I just might use that. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, we got a, no. we got about a minute. Well, actually, we don't even have a minute now. We're down to 30 seconds. No, that's okay, then. We, we don't want to get started. But, no, we, I, I, but I definitely want to have you on the show again. I really and truly enjoyed it. I, I, I wish you'd be at Amelia, because I know you always bring some outstanding cars there. And if people want to find out more about Joe Bortz and your, and your, and your services, what do they do? Do you have a website? Well, I mean, we, we, my hobby uh, business is completely separate from okay. the Bortz Auto Collection. But the Bortz Auto Collection, if they want to see it, it's BortzAutoCollection.com. If they want to know about Joe Bortz, they just put Joe Bortz in Google, and they'll get a lot of pages and pages and pages, you know, that go on. And if they want to talk about having some help, they can just call my cell number, 847-668-2004, and I'm happy to talk to everybody. And I'm always on the phone from 10 in the morning. Okay. Well, Joe, thank you very much for coming on our show this evening. I want to thank my special guest, Joe Bortz. Don't forget to check him out. And in the meantime, hey, everybody, don't forget to check out Nostalgic Window Cars every Tuesday night between 8, no, 7 and 8 p.m. on the Town Talk Radio Network. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com. I hope to see you guys at some of these car shows. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on social media. And we expect to see everybody to Million Island this weekend. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. They broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater. FM 106.1. WCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills. FM 104.3. Listen. Listen.